welcome to episode 443 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your host, Clarence Moy, and I'm joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Megan, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. Joey? Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. Hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas. It was. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I talked to you off. I was say, Joey, how was yours? I talked to Clarence a little bit offline, but. It did. Uh, Jason got a new car on the way oh, wow. home. So like. Wait, as a Christmas present or no, he bought as, one? as a Christmas. No, he, his dad owns a car dealership. And on the way home, like everyone in his family, he, he was he's been wanting to get an electric car for a while and he apparently there's a massive sale going on at the dad's dealership so everyone in his family is buying a car um so we drove home in an electric car and it took forever to get out of the <laughs> office and then oh, wow. about halfway three-fourths of the way through we was like well we have to find a charger now <laughs> and we found a charger and i'm like <laughs> yeah that's the thing like I, i'm all about not made for road trips yeah yeah i the, the the whole thing about not having somewhere to plug it in and then having to install something in your house to be able to plug it in quickly mm-hmm. like I hear that the if you just use like a standard outlet, it takes like two days to bring it to full charge. But you have to like bring in an electrician to be able to install the the thing that charges it fully in like a couple of hours. Yeah, we have somebody coming in tomorrow to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. But yeah. good for you yeah. for saving the earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> um Excellent. Oh, I had a good, uh, I had a pretty good, uh, good Christmas. You know, it was, um, a weird one, but, uh, yeah. we, we made it through it. So good. Yeah. That's nice. Good. Uh, excellent. So I do know, um, that both of you have birthdays coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. we do. So what are you guys doing to celebrate? I am inviting some people to a speakeasy in um, my area and um, just kind of closing down. I I rented out the place for about three hours and um, invited some friends and I'm excited about it. And you guys would be invited if you were close by. Oh, well, thank you. That sounds like fun, though. Like what? uh, So you're just going to go to a bar like a speakeasy and just 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 where is there a speakeasy? Um, It's um. Right in Homestead. It's, uh, I don't want to give away too much information. Lots of people just don't show randomly show up. (laughs) uh, Oh, okay. We can talk about it offline. Everybody, (laughs) you're all invited to Megan's birthday party. (laughs) But I'm excited about it. So it'll be fun. I I decided like a year and a half ago when I went there, I'm like, I should, I should really like plan this for my birthday. And I finally did. Rick has brought his plane tickets already. (laughs) (laughs) He would be invited too. Amazing. All right. Um, So this week, um, what we're doing is we are capping off 2023, heading into obviously New Year's Eve um, with the list of our top 10, our favorite television of the year 2023. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, I think, uh, I don't know, Megan, if you did this, but Joey and I scrambled right up until probably the very last minute looking for uh, finishing sort of our lists, making sure that we incorporated everything. I've been working on this since last year. I've been tallying everything I watch, I put it in a list and then I rank it. But I did change something where I didn't think it was going to be number one. And I decided at the last second that it's number one. Ooh. And I'm excited about oh, it. I am excited. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I do the same thing. I mean, if I if, if something that I really like to slash love, I put that on a on a like a notepad and yeah, uh, and I keep a ranking of it all year. Because it's just easier that way. Yeah. But like and then you can also see how much we watch, like too, which I was like, we do watch an extraordinary amount of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's more than the average human being. <laughs> Cause sometimes I don't know if you guys, I feel like sometimes like, oh, I don't watch enough. I need to and then I made this list and it's like like even if I started a show, I didn't watch the whole thing, I still was able to be like, This isn't for me, or I don't want to watch any more of this. And maybe, maybe some of it I should have stayed with, but um, I don't know. I think if you kind of know two or three episodes in if you're going to like something, I think. Right. I agree. So I'm excited to plow through these lists uh, with both of you and see how many over, how much overlap we have. And of course, um, we're going to be over the next week or so posting our lists on the website uh, just in case uh, people want to read it. They don't get a chance to listen to the podcast. Anyway, we'll have posts out there for sure. Yeah. All right, yeah. and I can't remember what did we are we taking next? No, we're taking the next week off. What did we say we were doing next week? Could we do our top ten movies? Movies was it was it our top ten movies? I think yeah. so. Okay, all right. Next week we'll do our top ten movies. Uh, that is good because I have that locked and loaded. Um, I think I'm almost done with mine. Not yeah, as not a, as firm as my uh, TV. There's probably one movie. Um, so I'll, I'll spoil um, my flash forward for the week. Uh, there's one movie that I need to get to before I do this list, which is um, Ava DuVernay's Origin. I have oh, yeah. the screener yeah. for it. I have not watched it yet, but I hear uh, so many wonderful things about it. So I'm going to make sure I... That's uh, one I'd like to watch too. I, I've been wanting to see that one too. Yeah. But uh, let's focus on television. And um, let's start with going around the water cooler and listing our honorable mention shows. I'm sure there's there's 11 through 15, numbers 11 through 15 are out there. So let's just kind of toss some things out that didn't make our top 10 list, but we love anyway. Uh, Joey, why don't we start with you? Oh, goodness, sure. Now, I will say I haven't gotten to Murder at the End of the World yet. So I want to make, I want to watch that before the year's over. So my, uh, my... <laughs> As every year, my top 10 list on the podcast is never the same as the top 10 list that I write up. So some shows that I have on my honorable mention are Tiny Beautiful Things, Beef, um, I, uh, the, 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 shit, sorry, I lost my place, Shrinking, um, I Need to Finish the Other Black Girl, uh, Last Call, uh, and Just Like That. Uh, red, white, and royal blue. Um, again, also, as with everything in my life, my list is incredibly faggy, so I'm not apologizing for it. Uh, yeah, those are probably all my honorable mentions. The great, yeah. Megan, do you have any honorable uh, mentions you want to share? Yeah, I have a bunch. I have um, like Daisy Jones and the Six, The Righteous Gemstones, Jury Duty, Somebody Somewhere, The Morning Show, Season 3, A Murder at the End of the World. 
Um, Dave is another one. Yeah, those are a few of my yeah, I'm um, surprised mentions. Daisy Jones isn't on your actual list. It was very close. It was very close. It's like, it was really hard. I probably could put it at like a tied at number 10, I would say. But I I also wanted to like represent shows that um, weren't getting as much love, you know, that are that are really that I mm-hmm. have thought about a lot. And I really love the things that they did. So but Daisy Jones was um, one that I really loved, but I ju- just missed it. Um, well, in my list, I think a couple of things have have uh, overlapped with both of yours. A Murder at the End of the World was so close to my. In fact, um, until I saw my number ten fully, um, it was Murder at the End of the World and Follow the House of Usher were tied for number ten because I felt like, you know, certainly Fall in the House of Usher is is for me a return to form for um, Mike Flanagan, um, who's. Uh, um, the oh god, not Bly Manor, but the first one. Um, Hell House. Yes, thank you. Haunting of Hell House uh, was fantastic. One of my favorite all-time limited series. Um, it's been hit or miss since then, but uh, I really did like Follow the House of Usher. I thought I wasn't going to in the first episode, but it it uh, I guess the allure of watching Succession, but all the characters die, um, <laughs> just drew me in. Uh, also, Love and Death, uh, Beef, The Last of Us, Mrs. Davis which I suspect is on Megan's list. Um, Ted Lasso, Yellow Jackets, and Daisy Jones and the Six. Those are my um, honorable mentions. That's probably more than five, but who's counting? I think there's so many. There was a lot of good television this year. Like, it's like there's at one point where I thought, you know, a lot of these, oh, this will probably be my top ten, but um, there's just a lot of good stuff out there, I think. Yeah, there really is. I always hate when you hear people, they say it a lot, I think a lot more with, movies and when they talk about filling out an oscar ballot then i think that i hear it with tv but i do hear about it sometimes with tv when people are like i just couldn't find 10 things to watch i was like then you suck and you're not watching you like just open your freaking eyes people we are so spoiled really yeah it is and you know when it comes down to a top 10 list i mean it's it's obviously entirely personal i mean you know you can connect with with a television show or a film in a very specific way and you can argue that something you like or don't like is incredibly well made but maybe it just didn't resonate with you for whatever reason it doesn't mean that you know because beef isn't in my top 10 list doesn't mean that it's an inferior show to the you know what's in my list it's just i didn't particularly connect with it or <laughs> something i didn't like yeah. about it, that kind of thing and i'm just using that as an example of course but uh, and also uh cue the people that once all of our written top 10 lists drop that the only comment that we get is wow this list sucks and it was like <laughs> <laughs> it's like we have like six or seven right home but we have a, a variety of writers and you know what just because something isn't on one person's list doesn't mean the list is bad. <laughs> also, I like when people are like, you almost have it right. You need to change this and this. It's like, <laughs> I would have done this. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, no, yeah. I don't. I mean, you know, it's, it's entirely personal. Anyway, uh, let's start uh, with going around the cooler here at number 10. And um, Megan, why don't you start first with your number 10? So my number 10 is the docuseries Dear Mama from director Alan uh. Hughes. Um, I... I think that there's so many docuseries out there right now. I, I really love, I really love them. But this one is so well done in that it is like dual stories between one is with Afeni, um, 
Shakur, Tupac's mother, and Tupac, and how they kind of run parallel to each other and, and then um, and then intersect too, obviously, you know. Um, but um, I thought it was just so well done and I, I, I learned so much about Tupac and kind of saw his this fall of this of this person who I think gets um I think we think about him in a different way that we think about him towards the end of his life but that wasn't like always the Tupac that that existed out there and and there are different iterations of him and I really thought I was such a good a character study like I probably will use that phrase again I love character studies but um and Alan Hughes also has a a personal relationship with Tupac where he and his brother were beaten up by members of Tupac's entourage and stuff so it was just a really fascinating story it's tragic it's um and just really uh an important little part of of history too kind of with the Black Panther movement and also with the 90s um you know rap movement so I thought it was I thought it was really great so that's my number 10. Excellent. Joey? Uh my number 10 is Somebody Somewhere. Um I love this show so much. I I think it is truly one of the most unsung shows on TV. Like in the last two weeks, I think I've had three people like, have you heard of this show? And I was like, yes, I have. And I love it. Um, I just think that a lot of other things could take note of how uh, the writing and the direction and the performances really sort of flesh each other out really beautifully. And I think Bridget Everett is so 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 underrated she i feel like she has been for years um i'm a big patty cakes fan if that means anything to anybody um jeff hiller is great um i loved the addition of tim bagley in season two murray hill is amazing um and it's 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 just really gentle and tender and sweet but it also doesn't let the emotions um off the hook or anything so i think it's really great i'm so thrilled i got renewed for season three um, I feel like it's a show like we don't deserve you, and I and I'm fine saying that. <laughs> Excellent, yeah, uh, it's a show that I have I did start this year. I have not caught up with for season one, so it's hard for me to to watch season two. But uh, um, I do love Virgin Everett, and I really need to catch up to it. Me too. I, that's a great pick, Joey. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Um, I also need to catch up to, um, which is something I think is going to be on your list, Joey. But uh, uh, well, anyway, we'll, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so um, we'll we'll talk Quit about that. Quit ruining later. our list. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My number ten is a show that historically has been much much higher. In fact, I think it might have been a number one show at some point, and it is the season six of uh, Netflix's The Crown. Um, it's, it's the season six is a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, which is funny considering it is at number 10. I do think it is some of the best television of 2023. The first four episodes that are so controversial, I think are brilliant. Like I, I think that they are flawless almost. Um, and I think the reason that a lot of people haven't responded to these is that they're not afraid to sort of, I think Peter Morgan considers princess Diana a little bit of a, of a problematic person, not in terms of, um, not in terms of the modern context of problematic, but she just, she wasn't the saint that so many people pointed her out to be. And I think he's more interested in exploring um, her eccentricities, her, her difficulties with life, her difficulties with relating to her children, with the press. And, and it, it's not at all, it's not always flattering. So yeah. um, 
that said, the first four episodes are what aired in November. And then, of course, uh, post uh, funeral, then you've got the aftermath. I think aftermath section, the, the fourth episode's name. But uh, you know, the last six episodes are sort of dealing with the emotional fallout, particularly on the children in the case of William and Harry. Um, the William and uh, Kate Middleton scenes, I did not think were as strong as the rest of the show, which is kind of what drags this down a little bit for me. Uh, Joey, I'm sure you've finished it by now. I'd be very interested to hear what your thoughts are, but it saves it for me personally by a completely brilliant uh, series finale episode that mm -hmm. actually presents, you finished it, right, Joey? I did. Okay. Um, I didn't want to spoil anything, but it presents sort of the environment and the process of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, who obviously we know passed away, um, without actually showing her funeral. Like they talk about yeah. the construction of the funeral and it's, you know, the, they talk about how she selected the music that is played at the funeral. So you get the sense of saying goodbye to her with that character still alive in the show. And I think it's, it's just, it is a brilliant hour of television. I, I think I was so blown away by it and bringing back Olivia Coleman and, um, and, uh, 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 Claire Foy, sorry, my brain is not going as fast <laughs> as my mouth. Bringing back Claire Foy for a couple of minutes of performances that will undoubtedly be nom Emmy nominated in the guest category. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're fantastic, by the way. That is, I mean, <laughs> she won an, an if Claire Foy won an Emmy for reading a speech on, while she was recording a record. Uh, she could win an Emmy for this because she's, they're both great. She's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, Dominic West. I think was a great Prince Charles this season. They give him more material. Uh, obviously, Elizabeth Debicki's fantastic. Imelda Staunton is great too, uh, with a limited amount of material. Sometimes I think the, I had to remind myself, this isn't about the queen. It is about the crown and its impact on this family. And so that's, I think, what people also have to remember. Mm -hmm. um, I just, the, the stuff with uh, Kate and Will um, just did not, it just felt a little Riverdale-ish to me sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but that's my number 10, The Crown. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on and on. No, but I, I loved know. hearing about it. It makes me want to watch it. So uh, That last episode. I, I, if, you, if you only watch that last episode, it's just so poignant and beautifully done. I'll have to check it out. Uh, all right. Back to you, Megan, with number nine. Yes. So my number nine is another documentary. It's from HBO, and it's... Burden of Proof from director Cynthia Hill. And uh, this is a true crime story about um, this 15-year-old girl who goes missing in 1987. And oh, her parents tell everyone that. that she ran away, but, um, but her brother believes that her parents had something to do with it. And it's only like three episodes, but there's like this bait and switch that happens halfway through. And... Um, it kind of you kind of think it's it's one thing and then it turns out to be something completely else because something else and it's also you you never really know what happens to uh Jennifer and uh it's really tragic it's really sad and um and it follows this and it also kind of plays with memory too a lot like how you know the things you're so sure about maybe you're like they didn't happen and i don't know i just found it really fascinating and well done and uh something that i uh, would like to revisit at some point because I think that it's just really impressive how it, you, it, when a story can make you think one thing and then completely flip you around 
do a 180 to the other thing. I think that's mm-hmm. really uh, impressive. And that's what this, what this story did. Fantastic. That sounds very interesting. I feel like you would, you would find it interesting, Clarence. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's so much television there's to so watch. Much, and then yeah. when you get into like the true crime stuff, which just seems like there's a show that pops up every day on some streaming network that's true crime related. This one's only three episodes, so it doesn't take too long to watch. I will say that much. Excellent. Uh, Joy, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is actually all, uh, is The Crown. Um, I you weren't that far off. No, <laughs> no. Um, I think the I think the the Kate and Will stuff is interesting, probably only for um, how I didn't know that. Kate Middleton's mother was a little not pushy, but she was just like, "Hey, oh no, she a, was very Machiavellian about." I did that not know that at all. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. I agree though that I think that's probably like my. I was more interested in Will and Harry than I was more of William and Kate. Um, uh, but I think, um, I was. I mean, I love the show. This the show has, I think, probably always hit my top ten list. But it, it's it's um, I, and I don't think this season is necessarily, you know, weaker than other seasons. I would actually be interested in see how you would rank all six seasons. Um, I do also. I was surprised to learn today that so many people in the UK hate hate the first four episodes of this season. When um, I think it's like this sort of beautiful island of episodes. That is sort of like we're going to pay tribute to Princess Diana, but we're also separating it so that doesn't overshadow the entire rest of the show. Um, and I think um, I, I felt bad that like Amelda Staunton so far is the only Elizabeth that has not been nominated for an Emmy. She missed out on season five because season five was so, you know, uh, it was probably the least liked season. But I think this that final episode, I think you're totally right, Clarence. It's it's really brilliant. It's really sort of um uh that sort of like final moment of the whole show where she's, you know, that you know show I'm talking about. That's I I was so obsessed with that shot for so because it's a long shot and it it takes a while for it to go. Um I love that. I cried like an idiot during episode eight, the uh the episode with princess margaret that i thought that episode was fantastic um and actually the thing that i'm thinking about the complaint that i have about uh tangent uh carrie mulligan's performance in my show is like she just dies really beautifully but episode eight of the crown is all about how princess margaret has her health declines and she passes away but it's also just like i could see the tension of that character trying to be like, no, I want to try to live my life how I want to live my life. That was more interesting to me than what th- that other performance did. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's just like watching this season as it was coming to a close, especially that last episode. I was like, I was really sad that the show ended and I knew it was going to end because it was the plan all along. But um, I was, I was surprised by my own emotions uh, that came out of me watching this season, especially because these are characters who were like, no, we don't, we don't uh, let our emotions take over. This is about duty. This is about um, obligation and, and you know, doing this, this, and this, this way. And you can't let this take over. And I thought I was interesting that I had an emotional response to what was going on. Yeah. 
I will say another thing that I think this show does particularly well is give you a hint of what we know of the modern family today and sort of the gestation of a lot of it. And I think, Mm -hmm. and I'm most specifically talking about the separation between Will and and Harry. Yeah. Um, We do get a lot of material here where they start to, you know, you can see them coming apart at the seams a little bit, their relationship fraying, um, how Harry is resentful of of Will for being what he calls a company man. And and then you just get so frustrated with Will, with uh, Harry, because he's, he doesn't even try and he just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. I, I, <laughs> I get, I do, I do wish in some ways it had been, I was, I was telling someone else today, we had an entire season where, you know, we had Winston Churchill, we had Jackie and John F. Kennedy. We had, you know, there's so many things that have happened. So many major events that have happened on each season. And this season we had the death of Diana. And then there's a little bit about the Gulf war, but then there's a lot of drama with Will and Kate. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, could we not get a little bit something meatier? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it's still, it, it's still a very strong show. And I, I do in- expect the Emmys to um, embrace it pretty heavily for its last season, particularly if there's nothing else out there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to quit battling about the crown. Um, sorry, <laughs> Megan, we're probably boring you to death. And You're our fine. Listeners as well. Um, my number nine is uh, Schmigadoon. Um, and I will say, <laughs> or Schmicago, um, you know, it, it's a parody of 1970s musicals and they do it so well, and and I love the musicals of the 1970s. Um, and I, the best thing I can say about it is I really need an 80s big British musical parody from Schmigadoon. <laughs> I really need that in my life. So I'm just going to put that out in the yeah. universe. Schmigadoon, um, top-notch performances from the shockingly not nominated uh, cast, particularly Jane Krakowski and oh. uh, Dove Cameron. Um two MVPs from this season. Um, Ariana DeBose has a fantastic song that I don't even think they submitted um, for a nomination. So I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's still great television though. And I do urge everybody to go out and uh, watch it. Megan, what's your number eight? My number eight is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel with its final season it was you know we've been with this show since the very beginning and you know i was thinking about when we watched it as an amazon pilot yeah and <laughs> it was like one of the what a what a, a relic from a bygone era really um and i really enjoyed this final season i still think about the finale a lot even my mom said to me the other day without having even seen the finale she said have i stayed too long at the fair and i was like ah I was immediately <laughs> taken back to that last episode and the last scene, which I think was so powerful. And I I think it's really hard to do to end a show. And I think this show knew when to go out and um whether whether it wanted to or not. But I think it was probably only wanted about five seasons. But I think it went out perfectly and I really love um the episode, the the uh the finale. I love the, you know, seeing how she like gets to where she is or actually I guess that would be probably post finale. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just loved it. I really enjoyed it week to week. And, uh, that's my number eight. Excellent. I'm fairly sure we're going to be hearing from that one again. Yeah, I figured, so, yeah, I won't say too much. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hop right on to, um, Joey's number eight. Uh, my number eight is the Gilded Age. Um, 
I was telling someone today um, just that I was like, season two is about the battle of the opera houses. And they're like, what? And I was just like, no, 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 it's really, really good. It's really, really good. Um, I was a big fan of season one. Um, Clarence and I can geek out about that um, probably for far too long. Uh, I think maybe Clarence and I will have uh, ambitious plans for season three. Thank God it got renewed. I was going to fucking flip out if it was renewed. But it's a whole, like, I'm sorry, if you're going to open your season two at Easter with a literal montage of hat box opening, hat boxes opening and hats being pulled out and paraded around the streets of the Gilded Age New York City, you're going to land a spot on my top ten list. Um, (laughs) It's just just so good. And uh, I have some quibbles. Like, I thought Morgan Spector was left a little bit off to the Mm -hmm. side. Um, and he's one of the sexiest men in the world. And how dare you? Um, but I just think I just felt like in season two, they really know what they were doing and they really knew what they wanted to deliver. And they really leaned into the um, uh, what Joey Moser calls uh, sluttiness for restraint. Um, and I thought they amped up the drama a little bit. So I, I loved it. Yes, um, I will chat about that one in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> My number eight is Apple's uh, Shrinking, which is a, um, I know a show that you did not like, Megan, but um, I don't know, I'm a sucker for an ensemble comedy. And this one um, I really thought was this uh, equal measures, very funny and very poignant. Um, and I loved the the cast. It's just a, a show that surprised me, a show that I was kind of dreading, um, but a show that I binged while I had COVID this year and uh, just absolutely loved it. So I don't know that I need to say too much more about it, but because uh, I know we talked about it quite a bit, but that's has stuck with me throughout the year. So that's uh, Apple TV's Shrinking. That's great. Megan, um, number seven. My next one is Peacock's Poker Face. It was one that we talked about that we really like liked the first episode. It was kind of long. I remember us talking about that. And and I thought, I really need to keep watching this. So I kept watching it. It became like my nightly um, little treat for myself. I'd have like a glass of milk and some Oreos. And um, it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch Poker Face. And, um, you know, the major, there are a couple tricks that this show pulls off. The fact that, you know, it starts with, you know, who committed the crime, which Nobody ever, you know, wants to know, like, who's going to watch a show about, like, working backwards, but it works. And it also works because of the other special magic trick is the magic of uh, Natasha Lyonne, who's just so fantastic on the show and so funny and also dramatic. There's, like, the the episode, which I think of as the Christmas episode, which is the um, the one in the cabin. I don't know if you haven't seen it, but... um, I just think it's such a fun show and I look forward to the next season, even though if it were just one season, I'd be okay with it being just one season too. But, um, but yeah, that's my number seven. Nice. Joey. Uh, my number seven is the bear. Um, now I know Megan watched the show week to, or not week to week cause it dropped all at once, but Megan, I think Megan paced herself with the show. Um, I had to zoom through it because I wanted to make sure that, um, I saw it or I considered it before putting it on my list. Now, I will say that I have bitched and bitched and bitched about the show not being a comedy. I think this season is much more of a comedy um, than season one is. But it just feels like 
sort of like what I was saying about uh, the Gilded Age, like it's really firing on all cylinders and that ensemble is fantastic. Um, and I think even stuff like the editing is really great. Like I love when Ayudi Beery is like going from restaurant to restaurant. I think it's an episode four and she's trying, she's trying to, um, you know, imagine something like she's trying to create something in her head as she's tasting other food and, and um, I don't know. I enjoyed season two. I, I would, I will, I will say infinitely more than season one. Um, and I, I, not that I get the hype. I, I knew what the hype was, but it was just. Um, I feel like now I'm now I know what everyone is really truly talking about. So I don't know. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll be talking about that one later, so I'm just going to jump right into uh, my number seven, which is HBO's The Gilded Age. Um, I agree with everything that you said, Joey, particularly the the fact that I, I do feel that Morgan Spector was a little bit misused. But this, well, everybody that I've talked to has reminded me that this show is about the women in The Gilded Age. We hear mm -hmm. so much about the robber barons, so much about the men of that era that they really wanted to focus on what the women of this um, of this time period were doing and how they could control things from behind the scenes. Um, I think that this is the second season, I think is overall a more consistent season. Um, I don't think it reaches some of the creative peaks that the season one did. And I know people think that this is the worst show ever that they love to watch and find whatever, but I think this is a legitimately good show. Um, and I think season one had some really fantastic television in it. Season two doesn't necessarily have those heights, but it is more consistent. So I will say um, that's why it's a little bit lower on my list than season one was in 2022, I believe. But it's, I mean, it's its a, uh, I th this is a, a very strong show. And I think if people don't understand why you talk so long about the opera war or someone's trying to get a job and they can't, then you're not really trying to understand the restraints of the period. You know, I see so many comments online that are like, I can't believe this entire episode fo was focused on a clock or they were focused on, um, you know, Mary and not, you know, trying to work or this person not having money anymore and whatnot. I mean, you just look, you know, you need to look at the bigger picture. That's all I'm saying. You need to look at the history. You need to look at, the context before you write it off as a s simple show that just doesn't have any plot. But anyway, Gilded Age, my number seven. Yeah, I do want to sort of just adding what you said. Like, I sort of get, like, I sort of say it in a joking way, but when people are like, nothing happens. And I was like, are you like, you're not listening. <laughs> like, you don't want to, I'm sorry that it's not like Game of Thrones to you. Like, I, I, like, there is so much in there that is, that is actually very, very interesting if you just, like, Google something for 12 seconds. Yes. That's all. There's just, they're, they're doing a lot with history there. And yeah. um, and I think that people just don't understand it. And, you know, I mean, anyway, uh, we could go on and on about this. But let's, let's jump to uh, number six with Megan. My number six is Abbott Elementary, um, which... Came back for its second season, believe it or not. I feel like it's been on longer. And um, just really is, is doing a lot of character development, doing a lot of different interesting things with the school. And, um, you know, I always I always question shows that have the 
the cameras, you know, like Parks and Rec style with them. But um, they kind of do some things with that this season that's interesting. And I just think it's such a lovely show. And um, and I can't wait for season three. So that's my number six. Very good. Joey? Uh, my number six is um, A Small Light. Just... Um, Discovery is a small, or sorry, National Geographic's a small light. Um, I think that it is a crime that one of the, I think the finale episode of the show um, about the the married couple who hide Anne Frank and her family. Um, there is one episode that is like when the family is discovered. Um, that episode is so unbelievably directed. It like it boggles my mind just thinking about that episode. And I think that uh, Belle Pally is absolutely riveting um, from beginning to end. Um, she uses her prowess as an actor to really draw you in with her friendliness, but she's hiding a lot. And I think that performance, it's, I think it's criminal that it wasn't nominated every single place. And I think it's criminal that that show was not uh, seen more as, an awards contender, but I do think this is a show that will endure. And I just think it's, it's, I think it's beautifully crafted with, with huge amounts of respect. And yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things in this season of television that I can't stop thinking about. And I saw it like five months ago. There are a lot of, there are several television shows that were lost in the shuffle when it came to yeah. the Emmys. And I think I wonder when studios are going to realize that they can't release things at April or May anymore mm -hmm. and expect, you know, the 40,000 members of the television Academy to catch up with things, particularly if they are a time commitment. Um, there's just way too much content to be able to show and premiere something at the end of the eligibility year and expect everybody to, to see it, yeah. particularly if it's something that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not on a, you know, small light wasn't on a buzzy network. Um, it didn't have a huge cast of major stars to be able to carry it forward. It needed time to be found. And that's a show that people, you're not going to, you know, that's not a show to binge really. I think it's mm -hmm. not that many episodes. It's only, I think, uh, six, six episodes, I think. And it, like there's or maybe it's eight um it's definitely not 10 but it's 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 a show that uh deserves a lot of breathing room and i'm glad we're entering an area era where we're not like binging isn't like the fashionable thing to do but if that show would have come out you know in you know january it would have been t it would have had time to like build more of more buzz because that show came out in like like may so it was right. it didn't that didn't yeah it, couldn't find the right audience. All right. My number six is HBO Max's, sorry, Max's, the other two. Um, in its third season, funnier than it's ever been. Love the show. Wish we would get a fourth, but I think that's unlikely to happen. Um, really great comedy, just fantastic payoffs all the way around. So the other two. All right. Let's hit the top five. Megan. My number five is I think you should leave season three on Netflix with Tim Robinson. Um, I will always reserve a spot on my top 10 list a uh, year that this show comes out or with a new iteration. I just think it's so funny and I look forward to it every year. 
or every time it comes out and I, you know, carve out time in my day where I know I have to watch it. And it's only like two hours total with like six episodes. And when it's over, you're like, oh, I have to wait again. Um, but I think that that just goes to show how great the show is that, the, you know, it comes around every couple of years and you take the time. It's like an event show, really. I know at least it is for me and my brother. So um, I think it's had a lot of funny skits this season or sketches this season. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, that's my number five. I loved it. Awesome. Joey, number five. Uh, my number five is jury duty. Um, I just think I don't need another season of this. I think what they captured was like truly creative lightning in a bottle here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of the payoffs are so, <laughs> I just thinking about the make me laugh. James Marsden, uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm really thrilled that he's getting like uh, his due for something that uh, he does so well. He's such a, he's, he's one of our most underrated actors. I think we take him for granted too much and he can do a lot. And uh, I think he really got to flex his muscles in here. So I, I can't really say I don't need to say anything else really about it. I just think it's it's just hilarious and innovative and and uh, we're so lucky to have it. I agree with everything you just said about that. That's I kind of feel like yeah. I don't want to see any more of. I know they're probably going to try to do something again, I'm sure. But it was like a lightning in a bottle show. Even the fact that like that Ronald, I forget what his last name is. Is it Gledden? He's, he's like mm-hmm. got he's be, had representation now and in like a a deal i'm just kind of like this guy was like just like a normal everyday guy i kind of like the <laughs> idea of him just going back to normal but um but yeah you're absolutely right about that show yeah i don't know what he's gonna do yeah it's he, not like he yeah that yeah, was the like, whole allure of that yeah. character we'll call it a character was that it was it was it was a real person he wasn't in the industry and um but anyway I uh, I do think James Marsden is a dark horse to win um, the Emmy. I, I agree. You do, yeah. But we'll see in sometime in Jan- January. <laughs> God, I can't believe it. Oh my God. I can't do believe we have it. to give predictions? Like, I, mean, I don't even remember who's been nominated. I get, like, I'll see these. Uh, I get notifications for the Emmys, like the Emmys Twitter account. And it's they always say, like, congratulations to the Emmy nominees. And I'm not kidding, at least... <laughs> four or five of the last times I was like, Oh, right. These people. (laughs) I mean, again, I'm going to say it. Uh, we're probably going to see a scenario where in the same week, Jeremy, uh, white, uh, no, not Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy Allen white. Yeah. That didn't sound right. Jeremy Allen white wins a golden globe for his second season. The same week he wins an Emmy for the first. I'm telling you the golden globes are going to steal the Emmy's thunder, like hardcore. They're totally going to do it. They will. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're number five. My number five is HBO's the righteous gemstones. Another show in its third season, um, which is the best it's ever been like, and, and it, and it goes in really weird creative places um and i don't want to talk about where they go because i don't want to spoil anything but there are there's a there's a touch at the end that seems to to indicate that perhaps um there is divine intervention (laughs) invoked here in this in this universe of the righteous gemstones and i could not be more thrilled that they are going in that direction and i hope that the fourth season 
continues to explore that. Um, it's a, it's, a, you know, and Edie Patterson, the most single-handedly unsung comic genius working in television today, <laughs> hands down. She's so great. Yeah. She's so fantastic. And this cast should be SAG nominated for yeah. ensemble cast for a comedy. I am They're, still thinking about the nude fight scene. That's what yes. I talked about with every, <laughs> every, um, crew, like behind the below the line person. I asked about that nude scene. <laughs> The new fight scene is the most epic. Like, if I could point to somebody and just say, watch one scene from the show, start there. Like, it's just so ridiculous and great. Um, and I, yeah, I agree with you. So I didn't mean to interrupt Claire. So I just wanted no, to say no, no, I no, agree no. with everything you just said. And the brilliance of Walton Goggins, you know, and, oh. and Baby Billy's Bible bumpers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy. He's, Uncle he, Baby Billy. That'll go down as one of the greatest characters, like, of all time, I think. I just, I just don't understand why more people aren't talking about this show. I just I don't do, understand it. I do wonder if because it's got the same players as his previous shows, like um, Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. Um, and I feel like I wonder if people think, oh, I've seen this show before. These are the same people that it's kind of I think it kind of makes it feel like a watered down version of those other ones. I mean, and Danny McBride mm -hmm. is playing a similar character each time, like a brash, obnoxious asshole. But um, I, but I, I don't know. I, I do wonder if that's what it is. And but it seems to be only getting better. Um, so maybe, maybe it's just one of those little shows that could. I agree. Uh, Megan, number four. Oh, I feel sorry. I feel bad. I feel like I hijacked your number five. Um, no, 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 what? you didn't. I, I okay, talked about good. it all. I wanted to. Thank you. Okay, though. good. Um, my number four is Mrs. Davis from also from Peacock. I um, absolutely love the show. It was something that you're like watching it and you're thinking, what am I watching? Um, it's so weird. And then when things start to come together, you feel like you feel that same feeling of like, oh, I solved a puzzle. It's it's like an exhilaration. And the cast is great. The chemistry um, between the two leads is awesome. Of course, Betty Gilpin. Um this is, yeah, just a weird and wonderful show uh, about AI that also pokes fun at AI, pokes fun at us. I I just loved it. I had so much fun with it. I would rewatch it in a heartbeat, and I always tell people that it's it's good. But it's, I know a lot of people are divided on it, but I was I ended up falling in love with it, so I loved it. It's it's a it's a show that I thought I was going to hate after the first episode, but it it matured into something much deeper and much more poignant. And again. The great Betty, Betty Gilpin, um, not getting the opportunity in, in major shows, major series like she should have. Um, fantastic in this. So I agree. It didn't make my top 10 list, but it's it's definitely hovering under the surface. Joey. Uh, my number four is the other two. Um, I, I, I don't know another show that feels like it was literally written and catered only to me. I... It was one of those shows where I didn't I didn't want the episodes to go live because it felt like they belonged to me almost like a sort of like I don't need to hear homosexual number one and homosexual number 12 talk about the reference. Like, I didn't want to hear it. Like, it's it literally felt like it was only mine. If you're going to have an entire Pleasantville tribute, it belongs to me. If it is going if you have episodes named like. Carrie and Brooke go to an AIDS play and they poke fun of every single 
serious gay thing that has ever come out in the last 20 years, I think the show was made for me. If you have, um, I don't know, like there's a whole plot about someone driving an armpit picture across the country. Like it is so, <laughs> That's right. it is, it is so fucking dumb, but it's so snappy. Um, I do wish it could have gone on forever. Cause I feel like, um, it is one of those shows that is like, yeah, we're skewering current pop culture. What are you going to do about it? Um, and I love that. And, uh, yeah. And I'm glad that they made, I, I, I love seeing people complain about Drew Tarver's character. He's like, he's so unlikable. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tell us more. <laughs> um, I just love it. I just, I think it's just like a big fuck you to everything else. So it's, I, uh, I love that show so much. I love the episode where he goes back to his high school reunion. Oh my God. And I'm so uncomfortable. And all the gay guys are in the cars driving yeah, it was so seriously trying to get back to their guys' chorus. So fucking dumb. I love it. <laughs> and don't they sing a musical number while they're in the they're car? They're like, we're going to that. It's like, uh, oh God, what's the name of the song? Where, da 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 hurrah, hurrah. Oh, yeah. That's a song. Yeah, it's so dumb. That's so dumb. I love it. I love it. Um, my number four is uh, Amazon Prime's Dead Ringers, which. Ooh. Um, I thought it was one of the most brilliantly directed television series of the year. Um, and it features the single best performance I think an actor has given in 2023, which is Rachel Weiss, completely defining two very unique characters. It's a tough watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was, I was very much into it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Emmys didn't like it. Fine. Doesn't matter to me. I loved it. I thought Rachel Weiss was great. So, um, good on them. Anyway, yeah. Dead Ringers. It is such an interesting watch too. It was like disturbing and thought provoking, and also like devastating. All the things. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good, a good, a fun watch this season. If not a hard, a very hard watch. So. All right, top three. Here we go, Megan. Okay, my number three is Succession. You know the show everybody was talking about this year. Um. I think the first season was good. The second season was amazing. The third season I was like kind of cool on, but this fourth season was just absolutely incredible. And, you know, when a show can get everybody talking, everybody united together, everybody watching together. I mean, I'll never forget watching that episode of uh, Connor's wedding with everyone and you know on Twitter it felt like such a collective experience and watching everybody realize oh he's really dead like this is really happening um, it was so uh, it was fun I hate to say it you know it's the death of a character but um, it was also just well done well acted well written the ending is as upsetting as it is in a variety of ways and no I'm here to say I did not think that any of the kids really should have succeeded him. Um, but it's it's upsetting. Um, and we could discuss that for hours. But um, I think it was a fitting ending. And um, I just wonder what happens to, the, to these characters. When, when you can watch something and wonder and imagine what the characters are doing after, that's when you mm -hmm. know it's good art is what they always say. And, and I definitely have been thinking about those characters since. <laughs> Joey, number three. 
Uh, my number three is Showtime's Fellow Travelers. The Faggotry Continues on my list. Um, is that the uh, subtitle, The Faggotry Continues? <laughs> no, that's the, uh, that is the working title of my third memoir. Oh, um, yes. Okay. It I is. Write, I gotta write I, that down. <laughs> <laughs> there is a... Um, I think some people think that Matt Bomer is not a good actor, and I don't know why. It's just, I think people... It's just it's like she's like oh great he can't be another good thing he's that good looking he's whatever um he's very nice very charismatic um he reminds me and go with me here I'll be very quick there was an epi- there was a movie based on a play called Bent from the nineties about a gay man during the Holocaust who tells himself he was like I will do anything to survive and he does really really horrible things in order to survive obviously completely different circumstances but this is Matt Bomer. In the 50s and 60s, as a man closeted in uh, Washington, D.C., who has shut off his heart from people. And he will do anything that it takes to get what he wants, you know, to fuck anybody that he wants. But he also is is hiding a lot of shame. And I feel like there's a weird parallel between those two characters. Again, obviously completely different circumstances that I really responded to. I think Jonathan Bailey is amazing. Um, I think Allison Williams is amazing. The whole the whole cast is fantastic. Um, and this is another example about how, like, hey, you young homosexuals, please learn a little bit <laughs> of your own history. Um, and I just think it's exquisitely crafted. I think the costumes, Joseph Accord did the costumes, and they're stunning and fueled with a lot of character, the production design, the the music supervision. And I just think it's a beautiful show. It's very tragic, but it's 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 very good. This was the show, Joey, that I was referring to earlier. That I, I, it is a blind spot for me this year. Another one that I haven't been, had the opportunity to catch up to, but I have plenty of time in 2024 to catch up to it as we head into this Emmy season. Yeah, get prepared for a lot of butts. Well, of- I've already seen. I don't know. My Twitter feed is, I think, like six times a day. There's some sort of GIF coming from the show of of. Uh, this person being a definite bottom and all this stuff. And I'm just, I'm getting an education and that's all I'm saying. I'm getting an education. Um, like watch it right. straight man. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> also speaking of straight man, um, I, I do have to, to have a, a bone to pick with Twitter about this uh, person that picked up something from Reddit that are like, show me the gays that saved the Gilded age. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the gays plus one straight man saved and, the gilded age. And my dad. My dad talks about <laughs> Two the straight men. The yes. Oh, nice. oh my God. That's that's all he talks about. I need to meet your dad. He makes we my mom to... watch it on, on was it on Monday nights? Sunday. Sundays. Sunday. He would wait for her to come home from work so she could watch it with them, even though she's not as huge of a fan as he is. <laughs> but she watches it. She likes it. But, uh, yeah. My number three is what I consider to be Noah Hawley's creative masterpiece, which is Fargo episode, season five. Um, oh. I blew through this, all 10 episodes, and it, and it doesn't finish into 2024, but I can say that I have seen the entire season. Um, it is a perfect limited series. I would not change a single thing I think it's by far the best acted of all of these of the Fargo entries. I think John Hamm is amazingly creepy. I think uh, Juno Temple 
gives a fantastically committed performance. I think Jennifer Jason Lee's doing some really weird things and I wasn't sure I was completely on board with her, but uh, by the end of the show, I, it just, you know, so many, how many seasons have we seen where we said, Oh, it was really good up until the ending. And then they blew the ending. Um, just nailed this show. I loved, 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 loved Fargo season five. Joe Keery is somebody who is kind of unrecognizable in it. When I was first, like, I've only seen three episodes and I, I haven't gone back to it yet. But um, Joe Keery, I was like, who is this guy? He looks familiar. Yeah. Then I'm like, Stranger Things? Like, I know he's he... even, yeah, really good in it too. <laughs> yes, he is. And he, they cut the hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I loved it. I mean, I, wow. just... You're not the only one. I've seen a lot of people liking it. I I kind of got stuck in the third episode because I was just like, I feel like as somebody who loves these shows, I feel like I'd seen, it reminded me of characters like, uh, uh, what's her name? Martha or Mary Elizabeth Winstead in like season two or three, I believe, where she's oh, yeah. like always knows what to do. And it's kind of felt like, how are these women always knowing exactly what kind of traps to pull and everything? But um, I should go back to it because I did think it was, I liked the setting and everything and I thought it was um, interesting and, and uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to hear though, Clarence. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, Megan, why don't you give us a number two? My number two <laughs> is, <laughs> my number two is the bear on Hulu on F Hulu and off FX on Hulu. <laughs> I was like, just saying, I it? give it. It's on television. FX on Hulu. I don't know. It's never on FX, but uh the bear. Uh I love the first season. I love the second season even more. And um I love the soundtrack. I think of the music a lot. I think I went through like when I was watching the show because I it I wanted to watch it week to week, but I think I watched it like day to day because I wanted to know what everybody was talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I was so into it that uh, that period of time and the music and thinking about different scenes. It is shot so well. It's acted so well. I really like the episode with the one chef when he goes to, is it Amsterdam? Oh, Copenhagen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. And I like these little, like, moment, these these episodes that shouldn't feel like, that feel like they should feel like, oh, this is just a, you're just delaying what we want to see, like the opening. But they really spending time with these characters is great. Like spending time with um, even um, oh, I forget his no. Um, but spending time with his character cousin, you know, like um, I just like spending time with all of these characters, and I think they really did uh, a great job of the season. And I look forward to more episodes. Joey, nice. number two. Uh, my number two is Succession. Um, I sort of feel like I don't need to say anything about it. It's just, I was, I don't remember the last time that I was almost quite literally screaming, running down the street with my ears plugged. being like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> like, I don't want to know anything. And that collective experience that Megan was talking about is, was really palpable and fun. It was so fun. And, uh, this last season delivered hour after hour after hour of unforgettable television. And I think we're going to be talking about it for a very long time. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, my number two is also FX on who's the bear. Um, I, I will just say this. Any show 
that incorporates a Taylor Swift song so beautifully as the bear does in the episode Forks. And then delivers, well, before that, also delivered the best Christmas episode of a mm. television show I've ever seen. Yeah, um, that is a good episode. Those two episodes are can stand alone with most movies today. I think that this show just absolutely, I mean, I, I liked season one. I loved season two. Yeah, that's um, what I've been telling. A lot of people have told me that they didn't like season one. And I always say, um, stick with it. I mean, I love season one, but I say stick with it because I know people who weren't as mm. as hot on it season one that loved season two. That's what I always, and I always think of you, Clarence. And I agree with you, Joey. Um, I think they do make a better transition into incorporating comic elements um, into, uh, it, it's still very dramatic. It's yeah. still heart rendering and, and, and very deeply uh, serious at times, but it is, balanced. yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, nearly a perfect television show. And in fact, I have switched this between, um, this and my number one show, uh, multiple times this week. And I'm, 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 I'm still sticking with my number one because, um, it's the one that's been there all along. So, uh, but the bear number two, all right. I'm so excited. All right. So let's, let's do, we, we often play this game where we try to guess someone's uh, number one show. So Joey, let's try to guess Megan's. What, what is your, what is your guess for her number one show? I see. I feel like the whole time we've been recording, I was like, if it's not succession and it's not poker face and Daisy Jones wasn't on the list, I am sort of, I mean, it's obviously beef. Um, No, it's, um, (laughs) I is go ahead. What? Sorry, no, go no, no. Go ahead. I I don't have anything. <laughs> is it Thousand Pound Sisters? No, no. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> I know it's so, the yeah. show you enjoy watching the most. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I do enjoy love. I do let love me, that show. Let me ask: Is it is it uh, is it a drama series, comedy series, doc? What is it? It's a doc. Oh God, yeah, damn it! No. I have no idea. Yeah. Really? Megan, hit it. You ready? You ready for yep. the reveal? It's yep. Love Has Won. HBO's Love Has Won. The Cult of Mother God documentary. Oh, the cult. I should oh, know. Yeah, it was the cult. oh, God. It it's, was right there. Documentaries. Plus I know. Cults. It was right there. Jesus. I know. Well, I think, but I think this show is about more than just cults. It's, it's, uh, it's just so well done. I want to give credit to director Hannah Olson, who I interviewed for the site. And I had such a lovely conversation with her. And um, it's, I just love this show because it's it's really immerses you in this in these with these people's lives and these people's pain too that they've lost somebody and and yes it is a cult but um these are real people too and it also like points out flaws in our healthcare system and um you know the haves and have nots it's just so it's so layered with different things it points out like like um you know, Amy Carlson is this mystery character at the center of it. And actually I've made my, my family watch it over the holidays <laughs> and <laughs> they're all obsessed with it now too. They, my dad is like, that is one such just an incredible documentary. So, um, I think that, and I love documentaries and I thought, Oh, do I really want to put a documentary at my number one? I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. Because this has been one I've been talking about, um, since it came out and, um, and I don't want the Emmys to forget forget this show, this series, because I think it is just so well done. And um, we'll keep 
um, leading the parade for this show. And this is my first way to do that is with putting it at number one. So nice. that's Love is One. Nice. Yes. Well, Megan, I think this is pretty easy to guess. Joey's number one. Oh, yes. Is it Maisel? Maisel. Yeah. Um, yes. Good pick. I was thinking, I was like, where is it going to land on this list? Maisel has actually never landed on the number one spot on my list really? ever. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, I, I was so annoyed going into this week. So I wanted to know, I was like, I was making my list. I had a list all year. Like you guys were talking about, I was just like, I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting something. And I just kept go. I was looking up top 10 lists of other sites and other people online. And I was like, no one has Mrs. Maisel on their list. And I find I got mad because I think it is one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. I, I think it's, uh, you know, a comedy in the truest sense of the word. Um, and I think that this show really went out on top. I think it took a lot of risks with a lot of the flashing forward, which I know some people didn't like, but it's just I sort love of, them. I love them. I did too. Forward. And it was sort of like, I loved that. It was just like, you know, we were, I think what the last season does really beautifully with those flash forwards, that is it eliminates a lot of tension. It lets you breathe. It lets you luxuriate in the fact that you know Rachel Brosnahan's character that we've been following for six years. We know she's going to become famous, but we want to, it was like, how does she become famous? And how, I don't know, that that four minutes that she performs in the finale, number one, I think that is one of the best moments of the entire show. I will just randomly watch I agree, watch that. I agree. And the way that that show, I got to talk to a couple, I talked to the cinematographer, I talked to, he might be the only person I got to talk to this season really behind the scenes because he talked a lot of, if you watch that sequence again, and some people, do, I don't know how you don't know this, but they they swirl the camera around her and it they they bring in sounds of the Gaslight uh, Club and they did that all like live, like it's not like they they have it like on a turntable and they spot. I don't know. It's I just think it's really impressive, and I think um, Amy Sherman Palladino executed a brilliant, brilliant vision. And um, I just think across the board, acting, writing, directing, it's one of the best. And I, uh, I'm so sad that it's over <laughs> because you guys know how much I love that show. Um, and. Uh, it's it's weird that I was like, I don't have any more Maisel to watch, but I cannot wait to just watch it over and over and over again because I love it so much. Very nice. That's a great pick, Thanks. yeah. I love yeah, that it made I'm... your number one in its last season. I need to go back and rewatch the the series. Um, I do cause... it every year. I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, <laughs> I <don't>... my God. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. It's so fucking good. I watched it with my wife. Uh, the first season and um, we didn't make it into season two or maybe we watched season two. We didn't make it into season three, but I think we should probably start all over. Um, so I will do that and then I will catch up to season five. Nice. My number one show of the year. There could be no other show for me this year. Um, uh, sorry. Do you guys want to guess? I'm assuming it's succession. succession. Yes, it is succession. Yes. Um, and I will say that the reason that this had to make it this year is because it is the same year in which I lost my mother. And oh. so much about succession, you know, <laughs> similarities end there, but so much about succession is about the grieving process. And, you know, when I watched this in the spring, I remembered um, working at home and, and hearing about Connor's wedding, the Connor's wedding episode, but, you know, like Joey running around with my ears clogged, not closed, not clogged, uh, closed, not wanting to hear <laughs> any spoilers. 
Uh, and then watching that while I was eating lunch and just sobbing because these, you know, these maladjusted children who can't react to the death of their father. Um, mm. Just, I, I just found it so sad, particularly um, Siobhan, uh, that when she gets on the phone and she doesn't know what to say and, and you know, they just, yeah. they're just so panicky and, and they, they just always thought that this guy that they hated would always be there. And then he's not, um, at, you know, there's no similarity between, between that and the relationship that I have with my mother. But, um, you know, just hearing phrases like, oh, I pre-grieved, you know, that as I was going through the grieving process, you know, it, 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 was, it was able to find moments of levity just based on what I had seen in succession. Or I thought about moments like mm. that in real life and how, true a lot of it feels um and every episode is is a banger um particularly <laughs> i mean you know episodes one and two of season four are you know good uh but once they, they they felt like they were treading water until they got to connor's wedding and then after that everything has been it was just brilliant i mean it was i we've talked about this before i anticipated every episode of succession the same way that i did every new episode of game of thrones and yeah. that's saying a lot <laughs> for a yeah. show about the business world. Um, it's going to leave a giant gaping hole in HBO's schedule. And I'm sure they're keep they're being kept up at night, recognizing the fact that they don't have a drama series like this. I mean, they've got The Last of Us, but it doesn't carry, I think, the same heft of succession. And I, I, I think... A great thing about that is, like, I knew they always had confidence in that show. They always had confidence in it. But I don't know if they ever could have anticipated, like, how insanely huge that show got. Like, right. you know, you can tell when HBO, like, loves a show and they put everything behind it. And they could put something behind, they could put everything behind something and it does well. But it does, it, it this was, it, this was like a cultural, this, we, like, witnessed a big cultural thing with this show. So, yeah. And remember, it didn't really do that well in its first... I mean, people watched it, but I don't think it was... You're right. It wasn't... They they believed in it because I think it had one Emmy nomination, maybe one Golden Globe... Or no, one Golden Globe nomination or something. It really, yeah, it really was a show that built, like can kind of would build as it went. And um, yeah, and it's to, to see it leave on such a high is, is kind of amazing. Agreed. Well, hopefully our top 10 lists, I mean, there was, there were some similarities, but we all have three, uh, very unique tastes. Yeah. They're very distinct. Um, I think they're, yeah. But I think they all are, as I said before, I think they're all of these lists are deeply personal and speak to who we are, each of us as individuals and how we consume television and what we love and what we look for out of television. So, um, over the next week, you're going to see these lists written up on the site. You'll also see, uh, lists from our other writers here at, at uh, Awards Daily TV um, leading up until uh, the new year. So hopefully you'll check those out on the website as they post. All right, let's jump to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And uh, Joey, why don't you go first? God, I made a list of anything. I always like freak out at the end of the year because I want to watch as many movies as I possibly can. And so I... So you can get to 300. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... I hate that that's true. <laughs> I didn't realize you were still doing that. <laughs> well, I don't like do that, but I mean, like I try to, I just try to watch as much stuff as I can. And, and, uh, 
I don't know. I still haven't seen the disappearance of Cher Height. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen Air. I haven't seen the Michael J. Fox documentary. Um, I haven't finished Napoleon. Um, I, <laughs> I I made a list. I was like, what is everything I can think of when I went through my screener list? And I'm obviously not going to be able to see all of these movies, but I think the tally when I counted the amount of movies that I can watch before the end of the year is like 52. And obviously there's not enough time in the last days of both days of the year to do that. But I will be, uh, I'm going to park my keister, order a lot of Grubhub and just watch as many things as I can. And I can't, there are so many that I can't even tell you all of them. So that's all. Excellent. Um, Megan. Um, I've missed out on some of those movies too, but I am kind of just taking it easy and, um, I have a new book to start, The Fabulist, which is the story of George Santos that I oh, need to Jesus. start at some point. Uh, he did not write it. It's no, so that's fine. It. I, need to, I, have a, I have a visceral reaction every time you hear his name. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I don't want people thinking that I'm financially supporting him. Like, also, um, it's, people stop paying for his cameos. Stop doing right, it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have that. Um, I'd like to watch... Uh, I still like to watch some Christmas movies and stuff. So I, I, it doesn't end for me what, when, when it's December 25th. So, um, and yeah, I'm just kind of uh, enjoying my time watching kind of whatever I want to. I feel like this is the time to, to do it. So yeah, that's about it. Nice. I um, film wise, I think I'm finally going to convince the family on New Year's Eve to go and watch <laughs> The Holdovers. Well, nice. to watch uh, the holdovers here at the house. Um, before, <laughs> like, but, come here, and here yeah. you go. <laughs> um, I think maybe on New Year's Day, we're also either we're either going to go to the movies and see anyone but you, or we'll stay home and watch um, the Eras tour because my wife hasn't seen it, um, and so it, we'll probably end up watching another Christmas movie. That'll that's probably where we're going to land. Um, and then, as I said before, I'm going to catch up on origin on my own time when I'm not. Oh yes. To, I'd like to do that too. When I'm not being forced to watch Christmas movies like a, uh, like a prisoner. Um, <laughs> uh, we finished yesterday as we opened Christmas presents to each other. Oh, excellent. Um, TV wise, <laughs> continuing the, uh, house of the dragon rewatch with my son for his first time. Um, and he's really liking it, which is, is good. Um, I have, now that I finished 2023 television, for the most part, a couple of things I want to catch up on. Um, I'm I'm now allowing myself to start with 2024 television shows, and Ooh. on the top of that pile is Feud, the new season ah. of Feud, <laughs> which we now have, which we do have screeners for, and I'm sure a lot of those who have them have already watched it twice. Um, but uh, that was like a red alert for me when that email came in. I got emails from you, no texts from you and Jalal. <laughs> Jalal sent me a red alert <laughs> once he got the email. Anyway, um, but now that I finished my Veep rewatch, I am going to embark on another 30-minute comedy rewatch of a show that's probably going to take me a little bit longer to get through, but it is uh, NBC's 30 Rock. I am going to rewatch <laughs> 30 Rock. And it is because literally every person in, in the universe started tweeting about 30 Rock within the past three days. I start doing this every year and I should jump back in because usually I just I get um, 
you know, get busy with other things, but uh, I would like to watch it too because. Oh my I god! Can we all just start at the same time? Yeah, let's just I, start I, it. Yeah. That the Thirty Rock is one of those shows that I I watch it all the time because um, it it gives me such comfort. Um, and I know what you, can I say? Um, a, a Jenna Maroney quote that I love that probably a lot of people don't like anymore, but she, she says, "I'm going to be constructive here." You should kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me. I just I like teared up talking they, about that. Yes. Oh, it's just so I fucking funny. Of, I think one of the reasons why my sister might love me is because she loves Liz Lemon, and I am Liz Lemon <laughs> like, through and through. I am Liz Lemon. So, how many seasons of Thirty Rock are there? Seven. They're like seven. Yeah, seven. I think so. Okay, and then this is an old TV show, so it's got like twenty something. Like episodes, twenty minutes. Twenty-one, fifteen. And they also took some down. Remember, <laughs> they did. They took some episodes down. Yeah. They took the one where Jenna and Tracy do the experiment with race down. Yeah. But uh, I have the DVD. I do too. What? They yeah, also you... took they took down the Lynn Swan one too, when he when um Jenna's boyfriend is Lynn Swan and Black Swan. Uh, if you remember that. I don't remember that. Why am I blanking? It's Will Forte doing the drag. Half Lynn Swan, half Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Swan. I do remember. They took yeah. that down? Oh, uh, what too. season is? That's like six, maybe five or six, maybe four. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about if we want to rewatch it at the same time. Um, maybe we can commit to a certain number of episodes per podcast and just have 30 Rock Corner in 2024. Oh, my God. oh yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, my God. Are we doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we're doing it. Um, and then I'm just about finished with the book, uh, None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. And it is a, it's so good. It is, it is so good. I highly recommend this book and I can't wait for them to make it into a mediocre limited series. <laughs> All right. So does that cover it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let us get the hell out of here. But before we go, uh, remember to check back with us next week for our, uh, top films of 2023. Check the website for the written responses or the written uh, lists of our top, uh, our favorite television of 2023. Happy birthday to Megan and to Joey, who Thanks. are turning older this year, one day Thank apart you. from each other. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, when I message Megan every time on her birthday, I'm like, you're older than me. <laughs> and then I'm like, bitch, wait a day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, Happy New Year to all our listeners um, who have Aww. continued to stick with us. Um, we love each and every one of you. So, we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us, and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow.